It's the Basketball Hall of Fame's Legends Podcast. I'm Kyle Belanger. Joining me today is a 1997 Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame enshrinee. He has two NBA championships in those legendary 1968-69 Boston Celtic teams. He's a six-time NBA All-Star and the second overall draft selection by the Detroit Pistons in 1959. His number 52 jersey remains the only number retired by his Mississippi State Bulldogs basketball team. He is, of course, Mr. Bailey Howell. Mr. Howell, thank you so much for joining us this morning. I'm glad to do it. Bailey, I'm wondering, you know, the remarkable story of your Hall of Fame career involves just excellence every step of the way. And and we're going to talk about your NBA career in a moment. But I'm so curious about those days in Starkville with the Bulldogs, where you still hold some pretty significant records, career rebounds, points per game. And this is even more impressive when you consider that the development of our game had yet to include the shot clock or, of course, the three-point line. So I'm wondering, in those developmental years of basketball, what made Bailey Howell's game so conducive to such incredible dominance? Well, we had uh, a lot of good players on our club, of course. Uh, We had a coach that was uh, uh, knew really how to handle people. X and O's were not nearly as important as the uh, uh, ability he had to prepare us mentally for the game. And um, we, uh, of course, uh, <clears throat> was uh, it was sort of a new era for basketball in Mississippi State. My sophomore year, we uh, beat Kentucky, I think. It might have been for the first time ever. Not sure, uh, but uh, anyway, it was uh, it was a time that was uh, really a great uh, period of time for basketball in Mississippi State. The coach's name was Dave McCarthy, and he uh, was just an outstanding coach and uh, motivator. And so much of what y'all did was really a reflection of that, that, that brand new style of basketball, which was, you know, it was, it was overtaking Starkville as quickly as it was taking the rest of the country. So let's advance a little bit after your years at Starkville, when you were selected second overall in 1959 by the Pistons in the same draft that also gave us Wilt Chamberlain. You two still are the only two members of that draft class in the Hall of Fame. So surely there wasn't the pomp and circumstance surrounding the draft in the modern game, but can you give me a sense of the draft experience for you? Well, if I can recall correctly, I was uh, uh, driving from, uh, uh, I was in a car, uh, returning to Starville from a, uh, maybe from a trip home or something, and uh, I heard an announcement that I had been drafted by the Detroit Pistons. And, uh, of course, later on when I returned to, to Starkville, uh, I got a call from the Pistons, and they wanted to come down and visit and that type of thing. So uh, uh, it was a, a, a thrill, of course. I had uh, planned to play basketball after my college career, uh, I was considering at that time playing at, uh, with 
an AAU team, the, a, the AAU league was very strong, uh, basketball league at that time. And uh, they had some good opportunities for you with their companies. And But anyway, I decided to try the pro route, and it uh, was uh, uh, a lot of fun and, uh, and at times fairyland. It certainly seemed it, of course, and and of course, you were were just as much a part of the development of the big man post player, sort of the 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 six foot seven hook shot that you made, such an incredible part of your repertoire. Do you remember what was the beginning of Bailey Howell using that hook shot as the true weapon that you turned it into? Well, uh, of course. In high school, I was always the biggest guy on the club, and and we always felt like the closer to the basket you could get with the ball, the better it was. You know, of course, today's game with a three-point shot, people will pass up short shots to throw it back out to someone to shoot the three-pointer. But uh, the game has changed in that regard. But the closer we can get to the basket. Uh, for a shot, the better we felt like it, that it was. So, uh, <clears throat> with teams uh, playing zones and that type of thing, you had to have uh, different uh, parts of your offensive game. And so, the hook shot was one thing that I developed uh, to uh, uh, try to be an offensive threat. And of course, that that the transition from college to the NBA level seemed from the outside very smooth. You averaged a double-double in points and rebounds right there in your first six years in the NBA. Was the transition, was most of the transition for you uh, more of an off-court thing, having to learn how to be a professional basketball player, or did, were you just making it look easier than it actually was? Well, in college, of course, I played with my back to the basket. I played center. When I got to pro ball, I wasn't big enough to play center. So I had to become a perimeter player and also uh, develop perimeter skills. So as growing up, we really didn't play much one-on-one. In fact, we couldn't, we didn't uh, have a little game of basketball unless we had... Uh, at least four guys to play two-on-two. We just didn't uh, play a lot of one-on-one. So I never did have a great one-on-one moves facing the basket. Uh, But uh, I learned one of the last things you learn to do is play without the ball uh, to get open. And um, uh, so I learned to do that as quickly as I could. And... uh, position myself uh, to get, you know, open shots. Also, I worked real hard on the offensive glass. I would, uh, often when the game started, I would uh, try to tell myself every time a shot's taken, not not to become a spectator whether I shot or whether someone else shot, but to try to get to the offensive glass uh, to maybe get a follow-up. And of course, if you're <clears throat> today 
in today's game, people hanging around beyond the three-point shot line, uh, they're often too far away to even get to the to the board to try to get an offensive rebound. So you don't see a lot of that uh, like it was in our day. I'm speaking with NBA and college basketball legend Bailey Howell, the 1997 Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame in Shriney. A few more questions for you, Mr. Howell. You talked about basketball being a fairyland at times. And in 1966, you landed with the Boston Celtics. Do you recall uh, how you learned of that trade from Baltimore to Boston? Well, I uh, was, of course, it, it was late in the summer. Uh, training camp was uh, just a, a few days away. And I got a call from uh, Buddy Jeanette, who was with the Baltimore Bullets. And he... I hadn't signed a contract yet, and he said, Bailey, I've got the money that you were asking for. And I said, well, good, but we won't be giving it to you, he said. Uh, We have traded you to the Boston Celtics. And, of course, uh, I tried to be calm about it, so (laughs) it was certainly a a great break for me in my career, the opportunity to go and play with uh, a, a group of real uh, professional uh, group of guys that uh, knew how to win and uh, uh, it was really a, a epitome of a team effort in Boston and uh, to play with those uh, great players there was really a, a thrill and a real big break for me in my career. Of course, your your NBA championships came in 68 and 69 as part of those legendary 60s era dynasty rosters. And you say that it was a true team effort. And and I have to say from a personal level, uh, where I teach and when I teach about the history of basketball, um, I teach at Springfield College, uh, I always show the video of Game 7 of the 1969 NBA Finals. Of course, in Los Angeles, you all defeat... The, the, the Los Angeles Lakers with with those balloons hanging low over the court, just ready to come down. I have to ask, was that team in that series the best you'd ever been a part of? Well, actually, in the 68 uh, championship, you know, was the first championship I played on. So that was a great thrill that I finally uh, played on. In a, with a champion, world championship team, everybody wants that ring, and of course that was a, a big thrill. The next year it was uh, more difficult, uh, but uh, uh, it's hard to really describe, you know, how you feel when a group of guys get together with a, with the same purpose and same motivation and. Uh, striving for uh, excellence, and when it happens, it's uh, really rewarding personally, but it's also rewarding uh, as, a, as a team. Finally, Mr. Howell, and I really do appreciate your time this morning. What does it mean for you to be working with the Hall of Fame at this point in your life? Well, of course, when I got the call that I'd been in tri- that I'd been selected for enshrinement, uh, was one of the big thrills of my life uh, to be a part of uh, an organization like that. 
to be recognized as uh, someone who uh, contributed to the game of basketball. Uh, all the things that go along with this honor uh, uh, is uh, is really rewarding and uh, and uh, one of the big thrills of my life. Mr. Bailey Howell is a 1997 Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame enshrinee, a two-time NBA champion, a six-time NBA All-Star, and his number 52 jersey is retired by the Mississippi State Bulldogs basketball team. Mr. Howell, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Okay, enjoy it.